Hello, good day, welcome to a brand new episode of the Rabbit Society podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, then head over to therabbitsociety.com forward slash podcast, where you'll be able to click any of our sponsored links to Nike, to CBD1, or to Size. Uh, you can spend how you normally would. All we do is, is get a little proceed back from that to keep this thing running. Uh, sorry that we were late this week. Again, I do apologise. We had to organise a few things overseas. But consequently, we have a bit of a treat in store. Um, we were able to get a hold of Josh Levi, an LA-based singer, songwriter and actor. After just 21 years on the planet, not only has he racked up various acting credits, appeared on the US X Factor, released a variety of music, which has caught the attention of people like Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber and many others, but he also, hands down, unequivocally, without a doubt, has the best moustache game in the industry. Uh, yesterday, he released his debut EP, titled Disc One, I recommend you check it out, highly. But without blue ballsing you any further, uh, let's get into the episode. Mate, that's good, that's good to hear. So how's it been in LA? Um, well, there's been protests. Um, there was rioting not too long ago. Things have seemed to calm down a little bit, but I know that there's protests daily still. Um, Jesus crazy! I saw, I saw that you were you were attending one. You were speaking. That's 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 big stuff. Thank you, man. It was totally unexpected. I did not go. <laughs> I I, went, I ended up protesting. I went with my mom, and I did not set out to speak at all in any way. And then it was just an out of body experience. I looked at my mom and I was like, I, I want to say something, and she was like, Go up there, go ahead. And and they asked me to, and then I just went for it, and I don't even I, don't, I didn't feel like I was in the moment; it just happened. Well, that's me. It must be coming from a place, you know, like a true place. Then, if if you're having to kind of think those things up prior, the fact that you can just kind of do it off the cuff means it's obviously you know something very close to you that you can you can speak passionately about. As in, as oh, sure. I, you know, I didn't realize we we're going to start so so heavily. I've, I've already brought the, the vibe down a bit, but it's it's an important topic, and it's obviously one that um we should address i heard that initially you grew up in chicago and then moved to houston and then la now i'm not too sure how long you spent in chicago before you went to houston not too long not too long all of maybe like two years (laughs) so i was born (laughs) I, i was born in chicago and then um i my family raised us in Houston. So we moved to Houston from Chicago after I was born, um, not that long. And so I was raised and spent most of my childhood in, in Houston and then moved to L- asked my mom to move to LA when I, around 13, 14. Jeez, that's young. I didn't realize it was that young. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've actually kind of, I always remind myself, I guess I kind of grew up half in Houston and half in LA, if that's the case. What, what what are those two halves like? How do they kind of like contrast each other? What what parts do you like about one and not so much about the other and vice versa? I think it was the perfect combination looking back. I really appreciate Houston. Houston is home to me. I appreciate just the culture and the life and the, and the family and the food and just the city um, that that helped me become who I am. And then LA, it's it's such a crazy, just like foreign territory. I, I was explaining to someone else that when I first moved here, it feels like when you first walk into an amusement park and there's so many different attractions that can take you 
to different <laughs> places and to different heights and you're just looking and it's just like exciting and scary and so much to choose from um as in that's what as, some, as, coming as someone in england it seems it seems like a whole nother world i don't really know what to expect from that i guess the the difference between somewhere like houston la is probably not as as big as you know obviously england and la um what kind of things did you find were most different then i would definitely say the energy is completely different i mean houston i always say that i feel free in houston i don't know i feel like there's not as much pressure i think houston is a place to houston promotes and encourages being yourself i would say more than la does Mm. um which is like an interesting thought, but um, LA has a lot of opportunity. LA just has way more opportunity than Houston, but I feel like I did as much as I could in Houston and I, I, I exhausted every resource, you know, every talent show, mm. every, you know, city, local stage I could. And then I visited LA back and forth and I, and I told my mom, I, I'm pretty sure I think we need to be there if I really want to take this to the next level. And oh, so did everyone move with you? Yeah. Well, just my mom, my sister and I, we all moved, okay. this, we all moved together. Um, and she believed in me enough. I, and she, be, and I believed in myself enough to where she respected that and we made it happen. And she, she sacrificed and helped me make that happen. That's a beautiful thing as mums, you know, that's what they do. That's what mums are for. Um, as in really, if you're doing it at 13, 14, I really didn't think it was going to be that young. I was, you know, in my head, I was kind of picturing maybe 17, 18. How quickly did you find your feet no. there? You know, was it pretty, you know, easy to settle down or was there a long kind of road to the first breakthrough? Hmm. Um, I think I had a few small victories in the beginning, but it's so hard to tell, man. I mean, I feel like I still haven't figured it out. And I'm still just now, like in my early, like young adulthood, feeling like I'm, I'm finally standing up, but still mm. not at all. <laughs> so I see. Um, it's tough. I feel, like, I feel like it almost might be easier when you're younger. Because I, I also was splitting the pursuing music and acting when I first moved to LA. So mm. Um, that's that was the thing I was going to ask you about. Obviously, you, you had quite a lot, you know, quite a lot of credits when it came to acting and what you were involved in. So, at what point did you kind of start to prioritize a solo music career, or is that something that you haven't officially done? Are you, are you kind of just taking a break to do music and then you're going to move back to acting, or have you kind of settled on one path now? Music has always been my number one. I, I always I explain music as easy as breathing for me. Like it's just mm. something I feel like that chose me that I'm, I was here to do. I don't even have a choice. Just music is me. Um, acting, I think young when you're young and as ambitious as I am, I was and as I am, um, there's, a, there's just more opportunities and a little bit more open doors. Um, music isn't as inviting to younger artists. So I was, of course, pursuing that, but I think I just made more progress and made a little bit more headway um, in acting. So I just kept going with that. And also acting mm. pays the bills a little bit more <laughs> than music does. So Yeah, cuts um, that damn check. That's what that dynamic was. But music is always number one for me. 
you know, fans of you will obviously know, but for those who may be new to you, you used to be in a, a group, right? Citizen Four. What brought you to solo? You know, I know it's kind of a similar question, you know, what took you to becoming a musician rather than an actor, but what specifically brought you to being a, an individual artist rather than having that kind of like team around you? I think maybe the better question would be what brought me to the group because I've I've always been a solo artist. I've always been an independent person. I've always mm. just been like a loner, you know, just independent. And that was, I guess, more of a rare uh, career turn or, or decision um, because I've also always wanted to be signed to a label. And I, at that time, I wanted to be signed. And so that opportunity came to me. And I knew a bunch mm -hmm. of people that were um, a part of the project and it felt like it was the right thing to do and and it felt like a cool team that i could get into and um i became so much of a better writer from that experience just from everything that i felt and everything that i went through while in that group but um yeah so solo it's actually always been solo that was the one time i ever entertained a group situation and it's so funny because prior to that i I've always been asked to like be in groups or invited to be in groups and I've always turned it down because I just don't feel like I'm a group person. I don't think I even mm -hmm. listen to to bands like that as much, like girl groups and, and, and boy bands and stuff. But for for that point in my life, I said yes and then realized that, yeah, it, it worked for that moment. It, it was for a season and it was meant to be for that time. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. But um, I think I definitely, in the process, realized what I wanted and what I was meant to do. And that was definitely uh, pursue things as a solo artist. So as a solo artist, what's the, the process of, of starting working on and finishing an album? Because as, as someone who, you know, personally, I like to dabble in a lot of music and make music, but I, I have never been able to take it to the point where I know that I've got kind of a project in mind, what the theme is, mm -hmm. when it's done. You know, how, how does that man, like manifest itself in your brain? How do you know when to kind of call it a day on a track or when, you know, you should follow one route for an album than another? For me, I try not to put so much pressure on it and I leave it very open and I kind of let the music speak to me and and make me feel that it's complete or feel special or there's magic there to start making decisions on, you know, uh, how many songs and what the product is about. And I try to create without too much of a conscious, but also at the same mm -hmm. time, I think I have a general kind of like a, like sometimes like a vague idea and visually I'll have just photos that I like that I want to uh, replicate inside the music <clears throat> mm. uh, I'll, I'll have music that i want to basically represent like a list of photos or a mood board or something like that and more so go from that as opposed to like I, the music has to sound like this it has to fit mm. in these boxes it has to make these people happy i i stopped doing that um maybe for the first time with this project, which is why I'm, I'm so passionate about it, even though I've never had an, an EP or a body of work put out, so it'll be my first. But um, 
Yeah, that's so kind of fun. So, so what clicked with this EP then? How come you, you managed to do it so much easier now? How come that process was a little bit more natural now than, than before? I think timing is everything. And I've, I've finally mastered the balance of just making, checking off all the boxes sonically. For the, for the longest time, I, I was making music that I felt like um, hadn't my integrity as an artist and, and point of view. But I also was trying to make something that was commercial or make something that was R&B or make something that was hip hop. And I even mm-hmm. love the conversation that's going on right now in terms of um, getting rid of the term, the term urban, urban. Um, yeah. and, and allowing black art pop artists to not be from the outside looking in because genres have always confused me um Mm. because i'm not one thing but i think when people see a black male artist or a black female artist they automatically assume or categorize you into one thing but i've always loved you know pop music and r&b and and alternative and rock i love rock music so i think for this project for the first time i kind of put everything that I like into one thing and also make it something that can be liked by a, a general, like just by anybody. Um, it's interesting that you brought up the point about genres because it's something that I've been thinking about since I'm not sure what first drew my attention to it. It might have been the Tyler the Creator album. I'm not sure if it was Flower Boy or Igor, the one that was, it was up for an urban nomination. The latter one. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it it doesn't really make sense. It seems like just categorizing things for the sake of categorizing them. Pop music to me, well, pop is popular. So mm. by saying that a black artist can't be pop is saying that the black artist can't be popular, which we know that that's false because <laughs> hip hop and so many black artists have been um, influencing music and society and culture for so long so it it really confuses you as like a young up-and-coming artist who's trying to find their space um within all these lines that the industry forces you to kind of work yourself through but Mm -hmm. um i tried not to think about that and i tried to just create what i felt was me and without the confinements of category or you know genre that's exactly what you want man as in if it's all right with you should we turn to some these are some kind of quick fire round questions um can you west or jay-z oh my gosh that's yeah great. i know we're going straight in there and there's and there's no we, we demand <laughs> explanations there's more and these are supposed to be fire, fire. I mean, <laughs> like fire rounds. I have to like go fast. That's unfair. Um, How about I'm percentage? You can with... say like sixty percent Jay Z or sixty percent Kanye West. How about that? I can meet you halfway. I'm gonna say, bro, this is so tough. I, they're they're incredible artists for different reasons. It's it's Kanye for sonically being as influential as he is and the mastermind genius that he is in production and sounds, and it's Jay Z for being this uh monumental legendary rapper and the blueprint i i idolize jay-z as a businessman i'm trying to also Mm. create my own blueprint own my masters maybe create a joint venture on my own label license it or Mm. partner it with the label kind of the way he did with rockefeller so i also hugely 
I'm um, inspired by him. So I, for that reason, I'm going to say Jay-Z. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so Beyonce or Rihanna? Okay, that that's like, I can't even answer that. Flip a it's, coin. It, that's... <laughs> That's that's blasphemy. I can't. I can't. Bro. I can't. I mean, Beyonce is Beyonce, the queen. Rihanna is Rihanna, the queen. They're, they're two powerful black artists for different reasons. One's a mogul in beauty and cosmetics. One is done so much for culture. They both done so much for culture. I can't. Sorry. So you're just gonna leave it. That's okay. Nike Adidas. Something a little bit more it. materialistic. At least it's not souls that you're now judging. These are just brands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, well, you said Nike or, or Adidas, right? Yeah. That's the, oh, yeah. It's, this, the accent is throwing you off. Is that what it is? Okay. I don't pronounce yeah, either of those bit. brands like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. I, I, it's so funny. I, I used to be really close with, my, my old manager was um, English, so I've, I'm used to it. But um, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna. That's tough. Well, I just bought Nikes, so I'm gonna say Nike for now. Okay, that's a that's a good one. Okay, Kendrick Lamar, or J Cole. I'm gonna say Kendrick. It wasn't as much thought about that one. I like it. That was very concise. Yeah, I I just know a little bit more of his discography. So, and then visually, he's also a huge inspiration for me. J Cole is still an incredible artist. Um, I, I just know more about Kendrick and also like his style of music is was really popular in Houston mm-hmm. um, with chopped and screwed style. So I just grew up listening to him a lot. Yeah. This is a bit of a curveball, but I heard you're a fan of Fight Club. Is that right? Fight Club? Oh, yes, 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 you, yes. Is, do you happen to be a fan? No, you're right. How, how many rounds with Brad Pitt could you go? Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. You can take Brad Pitt now could, as like a fifty-year-old man, or you can take him then in his prime. Hmm. I'll take him in his prime, and I'll give him about like three. <laughs> also, three you're winning rounds. in this. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. No. Obviously. Yeah. Sorry. My my mistake. Go. Go on. Three rounds, and then a knockout. Three. Or is it a tap? <laughs> I'm gonna go with the knockout. I think I think you you can only do the knockout and just call it a day. <laughs> okay, that's brilliant. Okay, and this is the last question: <laughs> Is there anyone um, in the world that you think could pull off a mustache better than you? <laughs> it's alive, and uh, they have to be alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I it's agree. I don't think there is. I'm giving you a hard question to answer. You've got to bring it back, man. The responsibility is on your shoulders. You need to get the mustache back because <laughs> you're doing a fucking good job of it. And after that, the only thing left is the cape. Thank you. I <laughs> wow, that you know what that means so much to me because for so long my sister gave me a hard time about my stash, and now it's thriving and people are into it. So at the end, in the end, she was wrong. Yeah, well, I do fire her, and then I rehire her, and then I fire her, and then I rehire. It's a it's a cycle that never ends. Um, but I was gonna say Justin's mustache. Um, I think I'm a fan. I, he calls it mustachio. I think is what he calls it, Justin Bieber. And um, I told him that that he should keep the stash. I, I like his stash. Well, you can tell him from me that he's got nothing on you, but that's quite coincidental. <laughs> it leads me right to my next question. And this is this is the last one of the quick fire round. 
who and why, as someone who knows both of these people, you know, better than most, who and why would survive longer in a zombie apocalypse, Justin Bieber or Billie Eilish? Hmm. In a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. If it just happened tomorrow, as in knowing 2020, it seems like a very probable event that's going to take place. We've had earthquakes, we've had the protests and the virus, the economy. The next thing I think, you know, the only rational thing you can think is a zombie apocalypse. So in that case, if it broke right. out tomorrow, who's surviving longer? I'm going to go with Billy. <laughs> For what reason? Here's why. Um, I feel like for some reason, because I see her, I always tell her, I, I, oh, I just call her an angel. I think she's just like an angel and an alien. She's both in some way because she's just like extraterrestrial and, but so angelic. And like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's the weirdest phenomenon, but I think that she would some, in some cool way, the aliens would just like F with her. I just feel like they would make friends with her and they would like her. And she would be on their side, and it just like she would last a, a long time. <laughs> well, fair enough. I, I I went with the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> but I think the alien invasion is probably more likely than the zombie apocalypse. To be fair, that's right. That. You did say I'm zombie. I don't know why I went to aliens. <laughs> you get to bloody decide the questions on this show. You can have that right. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. I've changed yeah. all the questions. <laughs> yeah that's fine that's fine you don't want to answer the beyonce the rihanna one that's fine don't worry about it <laughs> no seriously man it's been great being able to talk to you it's um i wish you luck with your upcoming ep do you want to talk about that what's what's going down there yeah man so it's um i'm thinking i'm just gonna drop it like any day now and it's called disc one um and i'm so excited excited about it it's my first ever body of work yeah, I feel like it, I hope that people know me better after listening to it. And I feel like I'm giving people a chance for the first time to just get to know me um, like in a real way. And I think there's something for everybody on this record, on this project. I think I think I was really intentional about making something for everyone. So I mean, I'm just so excited to see what people think about it, man. Perfect. That's first of July, right? It's dropping. That's the plan. July 1st, I've tried to run away from the date many times, and it's happening. There's no turning back. July 1st, disc one. Oh, there we go. Another episode done and dusted. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to stay tuned, please do uh, head over to therabbitsociety.com forward slash podcast, and you can sign up to... Uh, our email list and we'll send the episodes out directly to you or you can follow us on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever Um, next week or the week after we're going to have another guest I'm going to keep him a bit of a surprise but he's worked with the likes of Jane Smith and Tyler Crater and all those um, cool people anyway have a good day stay safe lots of love goodbye goodbye